0: In a previous episode of the Vacuum Engineering Show, I talked about hash tables and how uh, powerful and very commonly used they are. Uh, Given a key, we can find its corresponding value in no time, in zero seek time. We're not searching, we're not scanning, we're not doing anything. It's a single access in memory retrieving that value the power behind hash tables is the use of the arrays which is a very common data structure obviously very very common data structure right knowing the array position the the index you can get the value of the array immediately because you know how how does memory work if you know the address of the ram where your uh, cell exists where your values exist you can get the value immediately, right? The CPU can fetch the value immediately for you, right? So once you find the index, you find the address, you can the value. So what the hash table guys did, it says, okay, we're going to, take your name, your string, your color, your car, your va- anything that represents this key, we're going to hash it using a one-way function, and then convert that into an index, using a modulo function based on the array size, so we eventually, from the name, we convert into an index, and that will give us the address and the memory and we can get the value, so that's the trick the hash table guys use, you know so the only ca- cost you add is like what, the hashing function, which is not really that bad, but that's the power of the hash table but the problem is the moment the size of the array changes the hash table size changes this all falls apart yeah. because what what the if blue the key blue used to fit in index number 11 if you increased or decreased the array size and i you know where i'm going with this then the blue will fit into index 99 now and as a result Right? You either won't find the value or you're going to start writing the values duplicate and everything will basically be bad. So you now have to really move things around in you resize and it's a really a big problem. So why I'm mentioning that? The problem that we are seeing today with distributed system is as follows. If my database are increasing in size and it no longer can fit in a single instance I i bumped up the vertical scaling to its maximum it's now 48 core cpu 3 gigahertz whatever you know it's 512 gigabyte or even one terabyte ram but it's still i have billions of rows I cannot, I added all the indexes, I tried to partition it horizontally in the same instance by range, so, but it's still, the even the partitions are so large, so I, that machine cannot handle the queries I'm um, throwing at my beautiful database, so what do we do, we distribute it, we shard the database, that's, I really don't like to go there unless I kind of exhaust all my options, and <laughs> Believe me, people don't even look at the options anymore. People are very quick to follow modern things, you know, without actually going to the basics and trying to tune your database and getting a better performance. But regardless, let's assume you're a YouTube scale, let's assume you're a Google scale, and you run out of ideas. That single instance can't handle anymore. You need to distribute that billions of rows table or key dictionary or collection into multiple servers, right? So instead of having billions, let's have a few millions on this server, a few millions on this server, few millions on this server, a few, few millions on this server. Immediately a problem occur. The problem is like, how do I know, right? If I have a key, I want to look it up. We introduced an intermediately an intermediary problem, right? That didn't exist before. Well, first, if I have a key, I go to my database server and I ask it and it immediately give it to me. I only go to one hop. Now, if you're distributed and you only have the key, you have to answer the first question. Which server should I connect to to retrieve the key? Which server hosts my key? And that is the problem here. That is the original and only problem that we have in distributed system. Which server should I connect to to fetch that key? Yeah. So the trick was always, let's figure out the server from the key. And that is the concept of hashing. Hashing tables appear here. So in this episode of the Engineering Show, I'd like to talk about that a little bit, distributed hashing. And then what problems did we have and how consistent hashing solves this problem? And obviously, nothing is perfect in this world. So I'd also like like to talk about the problems consistent hashing actually have today. <laughs> Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussain Nasser. And the concept of distributed system is a must when you get to a certain scale. Yeah, I always try as much as possible to, you know, push people against being distributed if they can do things to have their single instance, you know, be more performant when it comes to query. Because you see, a a lot of people, a lot of engineers hurry up to scale right and spend more money to start to work with the distributor without actually while their query is actually using 500 percent of their cpu and and doing like a million logical reads you know where they can tweak it a little bit add tweak it and tune the database a little bit understand their queries so they can half or even you know lower that cost you know as a result but we don't think this way anymore we always take the shortcut unfortunately but regardless so usually advanced and adept dpas try to optimize a single query as a result if you if you can get a query to consume less cpu even if it's a small query scaling that query right will eventually give you better scaling on your instance but that's not our topic that's another day but let's say you reach the state where you exhausted all your options you know when it comes to a single instance right then you moved he says hey i have to move to a uh, distributed system it's just too large you gotta move so people what they did says okay i have a key and now i don't know which i have 10 servers right i don't know where this key lives in this 10 server environment so they said all right so what we're gonna do, let's say I have four server, a cluster with four servers, and I wanna distribute my values across these four servers. So server S0, S1, S2, and S3, right? What we're gonna do is like giving the key, I need to know the server name, the server IP. And that's something that we are introducing as a problem, right? We introduced a, a friction that didn't exist before first, previously so i just one server we know the server right but now we have to figure out from the key we have to figure out the ip address of the server to connect to in order where our key actually exists that answer can be answered using a very simple hashing function so we're going to hash the value let's say i have value number four uh gonna hash it get some value and then that value we're going to do modulo number four and that gives you server zero so store server zero right here right in this case right so four modulo four is zero and then okay how about key number five right or even whatever that key used to be maybe let's say it's it's a blue or red right red you're gonna hash it get a value number five which is a number and then five modulo four will give you s1 and s1 will go right here right so five right lives in s1 and same thing six will live in s2 and seven will live in s3 you're just going to do modulo four because four is your server pool size right and then let's say going back let's say eight then eight modulo four. Oh, so back to zero and then you get the point which is which works perfectly from the key i was able to figure out the server so cost is zero is nothing here's we solve distributed system right there here's one problem though as long as you have four servers your love is beautiful you don't have to worry about anything but now even those four servers reach their limit again whatever reaches the limit that means you're you're at the globe scale you know you have so many users right so to me that i need four machine more than four machines database instance that means i'm at the global scale and i have users left and right millions of heads you know so that's the scale we're talking about right so i say okay okay all right let's just add another server server four s4 so we have s0 s1 s2 s3 and s4 sounds good comes back to the problem of hashing tables the moment you change the size, the whatever value were original, so the values, their original key values, are now all shuffled, right? Previously, value number four used you do four modulo four, the key four used to live on server as zero because four modulo four is zero, but now four modulo five, which is now the new servers, we have five servers. Is actually gives you value four, so it's now is an S four. So now what you need to do is like move the key with uh, value four from server zero to server four, and now you have to move everything else. And this is this is basically the same thing. Five modulo five, right? The server five, the the key four will move to server four. The key eight will move to server three the key five will move to server zero the key six will move to server uh, one and the key seven will move to the key seven will move to server s one right so everything will be shuffled and the operation of adding a new server will cost us a huge amount of effort to kind of shuffle things around. So look think about networking, think about database usage, just to add another server. So you're not only bothering one server, you're bothering the entire cluster with your operation because you have to shuffle things around, right? Because your key no longer maps. So what what people think, what the smart people say, okay, let's invent something. That might solve this problem, which is called consistent hashing. So how does it really work? So they go, they went back to the idea of having, so they went back to idea, the core idea, we use the index as the server names here, right? Let's flip this. Let's change this a little bit. Let's not be very discreet. Like, oh, server zero, one, two, three, four, let's build a ring. Let's actually build a ring of these servers. All right. So instead, they think of this idea as an actual ring, as an actual circle. So values go back, right? And uh, remember, a lot of people thought a lot about this to solve this problem. And the key here is, instead of the output of the key hash going to a server, we're going to approximate it, you know, by by using this, concept of the rank so let's take an example so clarify the first thing we're going to do is the servers themselves we need to fit them on the rank which this is something we didn't do before so the ring is think of this rank as as a circle so the degree based on the degrees this is a 360 degrees, right so server let's say server one you're going to do a modulo 360 let's say we're going to get a zero right so we're going to put server server one and as we're gonna call it S0 based on the degree here, right? And then let's say server two, IP address 10003, modulo 360, we got 90, right? And again, I'm picking I'm picking values that are so rounded up. This is just for example, you're never gonna get you're hardly gonna get S90, right? Exactly, right? You're gonna probably get X S27, right? But yeah, X90. Same thing, server three or server four, you're gonna get S one eighty if after you do that. And then server three, you're gonna get S twenty two seventy. We have S0, S90, S180, and S270. You know, that completes an actual ring. And for people listening in the podcast, think of this as an actual ring with the values for servers in each corner, effectively. So why are we doing this? The beauty here is we have values, and this is the key here. Let's have a key value of um, 1,000. Same thing you're going to do, right? The 1,000, the key value thousand right however this key exists maybe it was blue and then you did a hash and then got you got the number thousand you take that thousand right and you do a modulo 360 will you get an actual server immediately the server index no you're not going to get that so now let's let's actually put it in an actual example right here right so now i'm I'm about to insert a value i'm going to insert a new key Value one thousand five hundred. That's uh, that's my key right there. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna do modulo three hundred and sixty, which is the circle. Again, th- don't don't be very uh, specific on the the value three hundred and sixty. You can double this and double this and double this to get more values. But I'm again, this is just an example. So three hundred and sixty here. So if I take fifteen hundred, right, and modulo three hundred and sixty, I'm gonna get a value of sixty. If you think about it s60 doesn't exist there is no server marked 60 but here's a trick we do have a server mark s0 and we have a s90 so s60 really fits between the 0 and the 90 and what you do is you pick the next one so 60 fits between 0 and 90 immediately so that key will go to the next value which is s90 and that's that's how you do it basically now visually this is easy to understand right computationally this is not as simple because like how, what does that mean between zero and 90 i have i have four server and that's that's easy to find where where your value fit, how 60 fits between zero and 90 is actually computational and that's another binary search to actually find that value that's a little bit outside outside the scope of this video but now once we have that value we have the 60 now okay oh 60 is like what's right after 60 is 90 now okay so value of fi- 1500 fits on server s90 that's how we solve it so by doing this scan what is the next one we really f- remove that discrete value lookup you know we instead changed it with a scan and the beauty of the scan is going to save us a lot of things in the future let's continue these examples all right 1500 let's take another th- example i say uh, 2000 2000 module 360 is 200 200 fits between server s180 and server s270 again 180 and 270 think of the uh, as degrees right so right there in this case okay what's exactly right after 200 it's 270 so 2000 lives in 270 so the think of it like you're looking at clockwise so whatever is the next value you're gonna get that and then you put another value say 3000 modular 360 that's 120 120 fits between server 90 and server 180 so like moves directly to the 180 and then you store the value 3000 there how about 1000 1000 modular 360 is actually gives you 280 wait a minute 280 is that there are no server after the last server the largest value is actually s270 there is no larger after that, right? There is no larger than two, server 270. This is value is 280. So what do you do? If there's no larger values, you go back to the circle, right? And this is very nicely, when you actually draw the circle, you see that is 280 is between S270 and S0. So you immediately go and put the value 1000 in server 0. And that's how you build the ring. Let's take another example for completeness here, Uh, 4,000, 4,000 modulo 360 uh, gives you 40. 40 is between 0 and 90, right? Oh, that's very nice. So so now we have two keys lives in server S90 in this case. Yeah, that's very interesting. Let's spice things up. Now, what if I added a new server here? Look at the beauty of this here. Now, if I add a new server here, Let's say its IP address is at 100013, 0, right? Uh, I do it modulo 360 and I got 50. So now my server is actually S50, fits right between S0 and S90. Keep that in mind. Now things change because we still need to move data around, but not as much. Let's figure that out. How much data I need to move around. Well, the algorithm goes like this, right? Remember, if you have values, if you add values as 50 in this case, anything between the zero and the 50 really needs to be fed in server 50, right? Because that's the algorithm. That's the range here that we're looking at right here. And so if you, the, the algorithms look like this. Like, okay, so what is the server right after me? Well, the server right after me is right here. S90, right? So let's query that server. Find out all the hash values. Find out all the hash values where the actual hash value is less than 40, right? Because s90 would have stored everything between zero and ninety, right? So find out everything that is less than 50 because I I should store these now, right? So We found one entry, which is 40. Oh, 40 doesn't belong 90 anymore. So go ahead and talk to server 90, establish a a communication, could be TCP, could be anything, and then start moving data around, right? Hey, it's 90. And do you have anything with a hash value that is less than 40, less than 50, which is me? Oh yeah, I have this value. Move it to me. And as a result, we just establish the data here. So now think of it as, as I add another server the only change is my neighbor really i'm only gonna not bother my neighbor and it's only the neighbor right after me right that's that's what i'm gonna uh, do in this case right and uh, so instead of actually bothering all the servers in my cluster i'm only bothering one server so that's much 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 better than actual hashing but it's still there is a cost to it right there is complexity you need to build all that out what if the operation failed how do you roll back what if do you add a server anyway what if one of the keys didn't transmit so we're adding so much complexity so distributed systems are not easy you guys right even if you think about it let's take another example where we're removing a server If we go back to our original case where we have S0, S90, S180, and S27, and let's say I'm going to remove S90 altogether. So now what happens here, if you remove S90, then anything that S90 had must go to S180, if you think about it, right? Because any value, so now what what happens is the operation should go, Okay, remove server S90, that is the operation that we need to do right i'm gonna remove that physically remove it not talking about a crash that's a completely different story right crash you don't even have time to move anything right so if you that's why we have to have redundancy that's another complication right there but if i have a physical operation that say okay i want to remove this for maintenance remove s90 well s90 holds and all values between 0 and 90 so all of those should go directly to the server right after me clockwise which is 180 so remove all those puppies and stick them to where to server 180 that's a very expensive operation as well so if you think about it consistent hashing are powerful is powerful the algorithm of consistent hashing are very powerful but the limitation here becomes you still need to move data around. And the more data you have, you know, in these instances, then the transmit of these will take more time. So adding or removing server is actually not a trivial operation, you know. And then you really think, need to think about uh, another thing that's called... Um, replication you need to duplicate this data as much as possible because a server might crash so you need to have a backup so uh, just using this algorithm blindly is not enough you have to cater for crashes you know and as a result you have to have a backup oh if this server is not available let's let's have a mapping server that actually d- directly copies that data immediately right so that's what you do right? you have to do that well, what if two servers map to the same hash you can't have that if you have mo- a lot of more than 360 servers you're gonna you're bound to have the value that fits on the same server and uh, i'm not sure what, what you can do here you can what you can do is like i suppose in this case you can treat it as a as, as a replication so you have like a, a backup scenario where we have this server you can either put it in both right that was an episode of the consistent hashing hope you enjoyed this video i'm gonna see you in the next one you guys tell awesome. goodbye